following is a paid program. The views expressed are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of MyTalk 1071. You are going to be the best mom. I'm an amazing mother. You are the best mom in the whole world. Lady, you are the best mom ever. Welcome to The Mom Show, MyTalk 1071's new show featuring guests and topics that all good moms will want to hear. The phone lines are open for your questions. Am I doing this right? 651-641-1071 or email the show at mytalk1071.com, keyword mom. Thank you for joining us again for The Mom Show here on My Talk 1071. I am Ms. Shannon, and we appreciate each and every one of you for checking in with us on this Sunday. Or if you're online at MyTalk1071.com, go ahead and check on The Mom Show, and you can listen to all our podcasts. Because what we do here on The Mom Show every week is we give you a great way to get some information that maybe you have been waiting to Google, you hadn't had a chance to go and look for it, but it's something that will really help you and your family navigate so many different things going on here in the Twin Cities. And we do spend a lot of time talking about health in all of its different varieties. And today we're going to actually bundle a couple of those things together because we are joined by two of our favorite mom show guests. In studio today, we have our good friend from Health Foundations Birth Center, Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass. Good morning, Dr. Good morning. Amy. Great to be here. And you did a fantastic thing. It's like a crossover. If you're a fan of like The Flash and Supergirl, occasionally <laughs> you have two great characters that come together. So Dr. Amy has invited our good friend, Cassandra Brazier from Clear Step Financial and Moms Talk Money to come in and join us as well. So good morning, Cassandra. Good morning. Thank you for having me, Amy. And yeah. Amy, why did you decide to bring in Cassandra this morning? Well, I have two kids. Mm -hmm. I have a nine-year-old and an 11-year-old. And you always hear as a parent, if you'd save a dollar a day or if you save $25 a month or whatever that looks like, that by the time they get to be our age, they have this amazing nest egg. And I just want to learn more what I can do as a parent to kind of help set that up because I don't think it's very difficult, mm -hmm. but I also don't think the information is really out there unless you, I don't even really know the books. I mean, mm -hmm. I guess I could Google it. I have Googled it before. <laughs> and that is exactly what I say every week here on the mom show. You mean to Google it. You don't. And well, now you don't have to, because we are going to have our experts go ahead and cover all of that information this morning. But I always think as a parent, it's nice to have a little bit of a checklist and an idea of, okay, really, what should I be thinking about? And so I thought that would be nice for Cassandra to join us to be able to give us some of that good information. So since you get a twofer this morning on The Mom Show, if you have any questions, you can contact us at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. So any general health-related questions for Dr. Amy, any general financial-related questions for uh, Cassandra Brazier from MomsTalkMoney.com. We have all of that information coming up this morning. So you can go ahead and just chime in as you see fit. Again, it's 651-641-1071. So I thought we'd start off this morning. Cassandra, what's a good place to just start thinking about this for our kids? Mm -hmm. Like if you were to say, okay, Amy, what is the, if, if I want to do one thing to start off talking about money and kids, what would it be? Yeah, that's a really good question, Amy. So one of the one of the first places is when you, when you are a parent, whether you're a new parent or you've got some kids that are right kind of getting into their early teens or wherever they're at, one of the first things you want to do is make sure there's some life insurance in place because really, yeah, it, it's, you know what I always think of. Oh, you know, I don't think I even thought of life insurance until maybe I was in my late twenties. Maybe, mm -hmm. or maybe when we had kids, maybe that's when we started thinking about life insurance. So <laughs> to hear about thinking about kids, that's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Tell me more. No. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and the biggest reason is that if, if something were to happen to one of the parents, 
that would typically, right, whether you're, whether you're the provider, the main provider, and you're providing the majority of the income, if you're both working, or if one of you is staying home, both of you provide a value. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the biggest, I think, things that we don't always think about is that if you're a stay-at-home parent, you still provide an economic value to the family. If if you weren't there, all those things that you were doing would need to be handled somehow by either mm -hmm. the other parent, and so you might not be able to work as much, or maybe you would need to stay home more, or they would have to be hired out, right? Sure. If you're home with the kids or if you're home after school with the kids or you're cooking a lot of the meals or you're doing the cleaning, all those kinds of things, they, they have a dollar value associated with them. So even as a stay-at-home parent, you have an economic value to that family. Sure. So th that's one of the areas, too, that I find that parents don't always think. They, th they always try and associate it with what the income they bring into the family. And that's another important piece. And that's one where I think more and more to in today's societies, if we've got two parents working, um, now I see a lot of the women may be the primary income earners in families. I have a lot of clients that way. And, and one of the things we have a conversation about in that family is if something happened to the husband would that primary income earner, would she want to continue with the schedule she has or would she want to replace her own income if something happened to the to the husband and try and be more present at home? Oh, sure. And so it's not just a matter of just replacing the other person's income, but it's really looking at what would you want to have happen, right? Those are These are the least fun things to talk about. <laughs> right. But really, right. if you can do a little bit of planning, then if the worst case happens, then it's not as bad, right? Because if, if you're in a, a tragedy already to compound a financial tragedy on top of it, sure. is, is that much harder. And Cassandra, one of the things you had mentioned before about uh, the life insurance piece is when you start determining whether you can work it into the mix for your kids, mm -hmm. there's a variety of different uh, products out there where mm -hmm. sometimes it might be, well, it's almost like kind of a savings account if you start with a younger child, if you're able to do mm -hmm. it. So you've mentioned some of those products before. Yep, absolutely. There's, there, I mean, there's life insurance is available at so many price points. It really is. So if you have a really tight budget um, and you're a, a growing young family, there are ways to get coverage. I mean, they some some policy. Well, across the board, really, life expectancy has increased so much, right, sure. in our society, and so that actually is helpful. It brings down the rates of insurance because they just expect people to live longer then, and then and then you'd have your life insurance longer, right? So if we were looking at life insurance, whether it's so we're actually looking for life insurance for our children. Right. That's another. Yeah, that's another thing to do. And so um, what types of things? So what types of life insurance are we looking for? Because I know that there's term and there's these savings mm -hmm. accounts that Shannon mentioned or, yep. you know, what are the buzzwords or what are the words that I need to know about the life insurance we're looking at? Right, right. So there's different ways to insure a child. And sometimes some people with certain policies, they can become a rider, is what it's called, oh, okay. on your policy. Some policies have that and some don't. That's that's going to be the most inexpensive way to insure a child. Okay. And there's a lot of reasons that you'd want to insure a child. Um, and some of them are, are health-related, right? Because in, our, in this day and age, too, we're going to become, no matter what age we're in, right? But we're going to have health issues maybe at some point. Right. In our lifetime. And so that makes us uninsurable. Sure. So if you can have something with, with for your children and a lot of times, even if it's with that, they're a rider on your policy, that could be something that could convert into a policy 
in a lot of situations. Otherwise, you can do their own policy. And that type of a policy is going to be something that will accumulate some cash inside of it as well. Like you were mm-hmm. talking about where there would be some money there. That's something that um, that my parents had done for us. And then when I graduated college, I got a life insurance policy, <laughs> which Yay. at the time I didn't really understand the value of. I, you know, and she said, you know, congratulations. And I was kind of disappointed. <laughs> I thought my roommate got a camera. <laughs> camera, car, right. Right? a vacation someplace. No, Something. we're like, we were helping you plan for your future. Right. Money for college, you know. <laughs> right, right. Um, but, but so it can have some additional benefits too. So like you said, if you've got children that are younger and you're going to be having that in place for a period of time, there's going to be some money that's going to grow inside of it that they can have access to later or just continue to let it grow over time. Sure. It just gives you a lot more options, but it also gives you, if they ever had any kind of health issues, they at least have that coverage. You know, I just saw a statistic. One in three women will get cancer mm. and one in five men. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It is crazy. So there are five women sitting in the studio right now. Mm-hmm. That means at least one of us wow. have the possibility of having cancer. At least one, if not two. That's and, crazy. And is. so I think that that's part of what makes it more of a joyous experience to plan for the future than to sit there and go, oh, I don't want to think about something negative that might happen down the road. Because mm-hmm. everybody in this room, we all have kids and we're just going, well, what would make it easier on them instead of looking at it from a perspective of, oh, I don't want to talk about what might happen if I die. It's like, that's not, you know, we try to encourage people to come from a, a place of, as I put it, hashtag positivity. It's like, no, you can sleep better. Right. Right. Hopefully this never happens to you just because you plan for the future doesn't mean that you are then from, you know, giving your law of attraction to something negative. It's like, no, I'm just planning for it so I can sleep better at night knowing that it's handled. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Well, we are going to go into our first break. When we get back, what would you like to cover, Dr. Amy? Well, I think Cassandra was a nice transition into talking about saving for college. I think lots of parents have lots of questions about what we really need to do or what we can do. Perfect. Mm -hmm. When we get back, we're going to cover that and more with our guest this morning, Cassandra Brazier from Clear Step Financial and Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundations Birth Center. Quickly, though, securities and advisory services offered through Harbor Investments, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. And we will be right back here on The Mom Show. Here we are on the Mom Show on My Talk 1071. I'm Miss Shannon with two of my favorite people in the whole world in today. Dr. Amy Johnson Grath from Health Foundations Birth Center is with us this morning. Good morning again. Morning. And also Cassandra Brazier from ClearStep Financial and MomsTalkMoney.com. Well, you guys, I'm just ready today. I mean, I already have my pen out because I'm like, okay, I know that the information will be going fast and furious today because there's so much <laughs> that we can cover. So you can also find this if you go to our website. You go MyTalk1071.com and you the keyword mom show if we end up talking about any links or any of that information we always make sure that you can find it easily there so do not panic if you were out there getting ready to grill or something for this father's day happy occasion father's or something day. Yeah, happy father's yeah, happy day father's to all day. There. so thank you very much for joining us ladies and so uh dr amy you were the one that invited cassandra in to talk to about uh, some financial health that we could do and work for as families go yeah i think it's important to think about financial health for your kids. I think as parents, if we have the information and it's something that we're able to do, that it's really nice to be able to start planning for our children at an early age. So when they get to be our age or in their 30s or 40s or even later in life, if they let that savings or whatever we set up for them, have that nest egg. 
I think that's so important and it's such a gift that we can actually give our children. And Dr. Mm -hmm. Amy, you've covered some scenarios where stress really can affect us uh, from a health perspective. Oh, absolutely. And so being able to take some of the stress out of your life probably has at least some anecdotal health benefits as well, I'd guess. Oh, absolutely. And I know, you know, I've talked with Cassandra in the past and we've set some things up for our kids. And once you have the information, it's actually really easy. Right. And even it's something where you don't necessarily need to be thinking about on a daily, monthly basis. Like we have things that just automatically happen every month or we allot a certain amount of money for a certain account for our children every right. month. And so once we've made the decisions, we don't have to necessarily keep thinking about it mm-hmm. that you can check in maybe once or twice a year and think, okay, is this still a good idea for our family or do we want to keep it at this amount or whatever that might look like? But it's not like it's this constant thinking and stress of mm-hmm. investment right. or whatever that looks like, because I think of investing and the stock market and all of these other things as an adult And it's like, oh my gosh, I've got to keep on top of that, or I've got to watch the market, or I've got to make these decisions. And yes, I'm not equipped to do that. (laughs) Let's just be honest. I don't care how many apps are on my phone. I am not equipped to do that on a daily basis. And if you look at too much of the information, it's just enough to make you dangerous sometimes. So it'll just stress you out more. And that's what we're trying to counteract is we actually want to provide you with resources, information. It's okay to admit that you need a team of people. And so we have Dr. Amy from (laughs) Health Foundations. If you have any questions, you're like, okay, here's what's going on with my body. And I don't want to feel weird asking this question. Dr. Amy is a great resource for that. But in a similar fashion, if I'm going, I just need to be better at budgeting and why does it always feel like bills sneak up on me? Then you can contact Cassandra over at Clear Step Financial and Moms Talk Money and go, oh, here's what I'm missing or here's how I can put some practices in place to just be better about that. And and a lot of what you talk about, Cassandra, is that foundation, Mm -hmm. is that basic, you know, and she we cover this on a weekly basis. So just seven steps that you could kind of go through your life just to streamline your initial financial health and mm-hmm. just go here's what you can get in in in, in place at the very beginning mm-hmm. yep it's good to have a foundation i think so and i think with cassandra moms talk money i think moms sometimes have different questions and perspectives mm-hmm. but i think it's really valuable to be able to have that information and have somebody to ask mm-hmm. yeah it is and and like I, I love being able to follow your blog and all the information that you put out there on health because those are all questions that I'm constantly asking and I don't know the answers to. Like detoxing and what's is this better or is that better and how does this affect your body? So I think just having good resources for all different areas and like Ms. Shannon was saying, having a team, having right. a, a good resource team of people to go to is very important. It's huge. Because it does. I think you, one of the things you said in the first segment, Dr. Amy, said stuff that you meant to look up and you just hadn't. It's like, even if you go, I know I could probably figure that out myself. Maybe you can't. And all the, the work and the, you know, your time is valuable. And there's things that you are incredibly accomplished at. And there's things that other people are incredibly accomplished uh-huh. at. So there's no shame in getting an expert to tell oh, you and no. just answer the question. Mm-hmm. And I have to laugh that that what you said, just enough information to make you a little dangerous. Right. That's really true financially. I remember when we were first married and I was thinking, okay, I'm going to learn this. I'm going to get the books. I'm going to read online. I'm going to do the articles. And I had just enough information that it was a little dangerous. I'm like, okay, well, let's put a little money here and see what happens. Right. I'm like, "Mm, that's probably not the best way to go about it. Right. Yeah, but you know, it's a good learning experience. And then it's like, uh, 
I should probably ask somebody. And I mean, I mean, from my personal experience, it's been great talking to each of you because just even through just conversations, because you have a different skill set than I do, I can just mention something that's going on in my family life. And Dr. Amy has been like, oh, wait, I have an answer for that. You know, or I'm like, I can bring something up to Cassandra. And it's been the same thing where I'm like, is this kind of right? And she goes, oh, mostly. But how come you should do this instead? So I think that it's you know, appropriate to find and use you guys as resources. And you're very easy to find. And I always like to remind people that even though they can hear you on the radio, sometimes people go, oh, well, they're the superstars of whatever they do. No, <laughs> it, you are very accomplished, very talented women. But you are also the chief instigators at both of your businesses. So, you know, if people come to Health Foundation's birth center, they're going to run into you, Dr. Amy. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm around most days yes. and mm-hmm. walk around the lobby, saying hi to people, seeing mm-hmm. patients. Yeah. Right. And you you know, and for and if you set up a consultation with ClearStep Financial, you are going to talk to Cassandra. So mm-hmm. and they will. So you can if you you know you, I'm not doing a bait and switch right. for anybody when I tell them that they can contact you. They legitimately can contact you, including this morning at six five one six four one one zero seven one. That's six five one six four one one zero seven one. Doctor Amy, I think you had some questions about preparing people for college and putting that money away. Yes. Okay. I'd love to learn a little bit more about what we need to be thinking about. So I have a grade schooler and a soon-to-be middle schooler this fall Mm -hmm. and what we really need to be thinking about college saving for college Mm -hmm. great question so I think the first thing it sounds like you want to be able to contribute something towards college I think so and I think you know you hear so let's put it in perspective I always think okay we did daycare or nannies or Montessori school something Mm -hmm. that involved financial investment when the kids were younger because both my husband and I work and then I looked to the future years of college and I'm like well isn't it kind of similar to that daycare situation just amplified times (laughs) (laughs) yeah but we probably should be thinking about that especially Mm -hmm. since we have more than one child and Mm -hmm. but not really sure where to start yep and that's a good question and people are all over the spectrum with this because some people say i they are on their own i was on my own and they and some people say no i was on my own and i really want to provide that or my parents did and i want to also so i think the first thing is do you want to provide some support for the kids for college and if you do then there are a number of options and a 529 plan is a very common one Um, And it's utilized the most. And as of this year, you can even use it if you want them to go to a private high school or grade school that you're going to be having to cover some tuition costs and expenses. So you can actually use that for things above and beyond just college now, um, which you couldn't before this year. And And what is a 529 plan? Mm -hmm. Yep, a 529 plan is just it's a way to put money away into an account um, and then the money grows with a tax shelter almost like like an IRA would or a Roth um it's not the same though it's it's a it's specifically for higher education expenses okay. and so as long as you take it out for higher education expenses um and that even could be um it doesn't have to be a, a typical four year university there's even some po- other post secondary things that it can be utilized for like and a also community college mhm okay. and it could be used for um tuition expenses as well as certain room and board as, as well as um, if they needed a computer for college or if they oh. needed some other equipment, if they were special needs, then they could get certain special needs equipment and thing covered with that. Um, now, if you were going to try and take the money out for things that had nothing to do with, with higher education or education at all, there would be some penalties to do that. So it's really meant to be something specific for education purposes. Now that account, let's say you set one up for both the kids um, and let's say for whatever reason, one of them just never needed it. Mm-hmm. 
you could also transfer it to another family member. Like if, if you were going to go back for another degree, you could actually use it for yourself. Okay. So it can be transferred to family members. It could go to a niece or nephew, um, but it's supposed to stay within a family. Um, But there are ways to transfer the beneficiaries and, and it could be used even for like if, if they went through their undergrad and they still had some money in there and then they wanted to go to graduate school or, or beyond that into other programs, then that could be used for that also. Is there minimums or maximums that you can put in? Yep. The maximum. So it, it typically, and you you can talk to a tax person because I give general advice on this. Sure, but you can do um, now. It's about fifteen thousand per tax filer. I guess is is kind of how they put it. So if there's a couple, you could each contribute about fifteen thousand. So you could put about thirty thousand a year in. You can do a lump sum at once for wow. funding for five years at once if you wanted to do so. Like you could put in seventy five thousand. Your husband could put in seventy five, so you could put in in one year one hundred and fifty thousand if you wanted to. That's so, crazy. Yeah, there are some there, there are ways to do that, and other people can contribute also. So if grandparents want to contribute to the oh. kids' college, this is ways they can do that also. And then, is it pre tax dollars or is it taxed when it comes out? How does that work? Yeah, there's no typically there's no um, there's no deductions or anything for it. So oh. it's it's you use your regular income. You know, you, you don't, uh, you don't get any deductions on that. But again, like I said, it's, it has a tax shelter as it's growing. Yep. And then as long as you use it for education expenses and things, then there's no penalties or anything. Great. Yeah. So we are joined this morning by two great and great, uh, talented resources here at My Talk 1071. Cassandra Brazier from Clear Step Financial and Moms Talk Money and our friend from Health Foundation's Birth Center, Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass. And Dr. Amy, when we get back for our next segment, what would you like to cover? We are going to talk about another type of account, and I'm going to just murder it. <laughs> it's mine. Ugma. Ugma and Ugma accounts. We'll leave you, we'll leave you hanging. Okay. I want those mean. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get to that. We'll be right back on The Mom Show. Thank you for joining us here on The Mom Show on My Talk 1071. And today, Cassandra Brazier from Clear Step Financial and Moms Talk Money. Also, Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundations Birth Center. And uh, Health Foundations is, again, I was thinking about you this morning because I am well past the uh, point in my life where I'm trying to birth more children. Um, (laughs) I'm like, I looked at my son this morning, I'm like... Yep. Done. Done. (laughs) Totally done. And he's 10. And I'm like, so I still could not trying to. Um, But there are so many other resources that uh, women can go and speak to you about over at Health Foundation's Birth Center, even though Birth Center is in the title. Right, Dr. Amy? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. We um, provide women's health care across the lifespan, whether you're a teenager, um, through your 20s, 30s, 40s, through menopause. You can come for any of your women's health care needs. If you are um, have a newborn, and even if you haven't had care with us, we do offer lactation services or mm-hmm. even have classes if you don't know how to use your breast pump or you have questions about bottle feeding or formula or whatever that looks like. You can come and ask all of your lactation and or nursing bras and, or nursing bras. That's right. <laughs> um, lots of classes. So we do lots of things at Health Foundations, but outside of just the maternity care piece. And you build a community for women and families that are out there, which a lot of times you go, well, I feel very isolated. This is new to me. Or maybe I think I have a quirky kid or a quirky family. And you help them build those relationships. Oh, absolutely. And we don't all have families in the area anymore. Mm -hmm. Families Mm -hmm. are so spread out across the country these days that 
And it takes a village to raise a family. And for women in particular, I think, and men, but I think particularly for women, um, when you have children, especially new children and babies, it's nice to connect with other moms to say, hey, this is normal that I'm going through. These are normal thoughts that I'm having. Or, oh my gosh, I'm just having a great day. I'm having a bad day. Whatever that looks like. Just to be able to share that's really helpful. And I think it's really cool that this is such a, you know, here in the Twin Cities, we hear this all the time that it's just a really small world. But I mean, Dr. Amy, yes, you know, Cassandra from being one of the great wealthy uh, wealths of information here in my talk. But you guys know each other from out in the wild you know, as well. Yeah. When we were uh, when we were pregnant with our first child, who's now six, um, I met Amy because I went and I was looking for a more natural environment for birthing. And I was so excited to find health foundations and it was so wonderful. I did all my prenatal care there. And so I would meet with Amy and some of the other midwives. And then Amy was at the delivery and it was just this amazing experience. And they have such a great community. And then not only that, and then there's these other events that keep people part of that community, like annual picnics. And my kids every single year have gone to the Santa event that oh, they have. Yes. And so we have, that's like, we know we're, we're going to get one picture with Santa every year. And it's always <laughs> at Health Foundations. And it's the same Santa every year too, which is even better. But all three of our kids have gone there. In fact, every time I found out I'm pregnant, Amy's one of the first people I contact because <laughs> I know I know that they're in high demand for people wanting to have that wonderful experience. And so and I know that they can only take a certain amount of people. So as soon as I find out I'm pregnant, I'm like, Amy, <laughs> how are you Save doing me a for slot? this month? Yeah, yeah we're doing this month. <laughs> That's awesome. So, well, yeah. if you have any questions, they're easy to find at health-foundations.com. That's health-foundations.com. And you were the one, Dr. Amy, who invited Cassandra in this morning. And now you were going to get to the alphabet soup question that you have before you went to break. I'm going to try better. Okay. Atma and Agma account. Great. Yay. That's exactly what they are. So it's just another form of an account that you can set up for for a minor. And and this is one that, like, if you didn't know if your kids were going to go to college or not, and you just wanted to have some kind of an account, and it could be used for literally anything. I mean, it could be used for a down payment on their first house. It could be used to start a business. It could be used... They could blow it on a trip to Europe when they're 18. I mean, it it really could be used for anything. So it doesn't have the same tax benefits. There's no tax shelter on it like there is for a 529 plan. But you can use it for absolutely anything. And there's no contribution limits at all. You can put however much you want into it. Um, but the the for some people they would see it as a downside. But the downside or the one of the specifics on it is that when they get to be eighteen, which is the age of majority in whatever state here in Minnesota, it's eighteen. Then the 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 child gets custody of the money. Ah. So then they have control of the money at eighteen. So, so why would I? So Cassandra, why would I select that instead of just a garden variety savings account that I just in my head go, well, that's my kid's savings mm-hmm. account. So a so savings account at a bank, if you were going to hold it for a period of time and you wanted it to have any growth on it, it's really not probably going to grow much. I mean, it's uh, savings accounts don't make much interest. Okay, you could do that. I mean, that's an option. This is something that you can have in investments. You can have it in the market, and and you can be adding to. I mean, it can be something where you're adding an automatic contribution every month to it. Come come, you know, right out of your bank account, um, or you don't have to. You can stop it. But it has it has all sorts of flexibility. And then from a tax standpoint, it doesn't get taxed at your income. It gets taxed at the child's income, which or at their tax level, I should say. Again, look at you. You need to talk to your tax person on that. But but then usually there's lower tax implications on it than 
if it was just a regular mutual fund account or something that you set up. Perfect. Okay. Oh, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you say it's, um, now I'm going to say it wrong again, the tax shelter, mm-hmm. if it's a, something's in a tax shelter, that actually means that it's, it's free from taxes. Right. Okay. But right. if it's not like this, this fund where this account we're talking about now, then that means that it's taxable. It is. And that means that then every year you would get a tax form in the mail mm-hmm. at the end of the year and they would say, this is how it did. This is, you'd pay taxes on the interest typically is how most of those types of accounts work. Or if you just have a normal liquid account that's in investments, you'd pay taxes typically on, on the growth of it that year. So they're going to send you a statement at the end of the year and then you'd give it to your tax person and then they would factor that all in. And, and you're not paying taxes on the whole entire account. You're paying taxes on the growth along sure. the way. So. so what I hear you saying is, you know, if you're putting money aside for your children, it's best probably not to put it in a savings account. It is best to probably put it in an account like this. So it actually has the potential to grow mm-hmm. where in a savings account, it almost is just like a holding spot mm-hmm. and it might grow a little bit, but right. really not not a lot. Right. And in fact, if you're, for whatever reason, if you're just completely set on having a savings account, I know we've mentioned this before, but there's a lot of good online savings accounts, which are going to typically do better than what the bank is going to offer you. Um, so if you're going to go the savings account route for whatever reason, um, or even just for your own personal savings for an emergency fund that you want to have a cushion, um, there's certain ones, and we've mentioned Synchrony, um, because they have a pretty competitive rate, and it's a little over, I think, a percent and a half, which is not, I mean, you're not going to retire on that, but <laughs> right. for, a, for a savings, it's good for a savings. It's better than putting so, it in your mattress. It so, is. <laughs> right. We always go, what is it the is. option that is better than keeping it in your basement mattress? So Yeah, <laughs> right. It's a step up from that. Um, but if you want to grow the money, and that's the beautiful thing, is that when you have time, when you're, you're looking out 10 or 15 years or 20 years for the kids, and you're just trying to put a little bit away every month, like you said in the very beginning, even $25, $50 a month, it all adds up. And if you're putting it into the market, when you've got those low points in the market, when the market has gone down for whatever reason, and you're putting money in, you're buying it on sale. You're getting a, be- <laughs> you're a, getting a better yeah. <laughs> value for the money you're putting in because you're buying a certain amount of shares, if that makes sense. And when the price of those shares goes down and you put that same $50 in, sure. you're getting more of those shares. So that when they come back up again and the, and the value of them go up, you have more shares and the, value, the account value is going to go up that much faster. Right. So it's good to be on an ongoing basis having some kind of systematic contribution set up mm-hmm. for those accounts or for any types of accounts, whether it's retirement, for their college, um, for again, as a liquid account. We talk about all those different kinds of accounts. But yeah, for those college accounts that you're saving for that period of time, have some kind of automatic contribution going in and you'll be able to pick up maybe even a little bit better of a, of a return over time because you're doing it every month and you're getting all those fluctuations in the market. Yeah, I think I can't, I agree. You know, we have come up with a budget for our family and we're in a place now that we can think about putting a little bit of money in retirement or Mm -hmm. with the kids or or whatever that might look like on a given moment. But we kind of look at it as a year. And then I always kind of keep it in the back of my mind as a spreadsheet that if for some reason we would need more money or something happens in our family or maybe one of us isn't working, whatever that looks like, that Mm -hmm. we know okay, well, this is what we need, what we're putting aside every month. Maybe we just pull back a little bit. But if I wouldn't do it on a monthly automatic basis, I would, 
I would forget or I wouldn't be as consistent or I wouldn't be as good, I think. We talk about how time flies all the time and it does when you're investing or putting away savings as well where you go, I meant to do it and you start thinking about it in January because we all have our resolutions and things that we're going to do and how we're going to be better and then by April you're like, I'm doing my taxes and I still haven't started this account. (laughs) Somebody, you're like, you'll get like like an online reminder like, hey, do you want to put some money away before you do your taxes? You're like, I do. But maybe I'm not ready to start yet. So <laughs> it, it is nice to have something to do it for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Set it on auto. Yes. <laughs> Autopilot. And even if it's just, you know, I think it's like so many things where, you know, it sounds so trite whenever we hear all those things say it's just one cup of coffee. But sometimes that's just a way to start. Like if you start a new diet plan or you start a new fitness plan, if you start with something like I'm just going to walk an extra 15 minutes a day, you go, okay, I can do that. That's a good place to start. And then you can Mm -hmm. escalate. And so, you know, from talking to, you know, Cassandra, it's more that kind of thing. It's like, look. Just start with something like $10 a month. Yeah, I don't think it has to be this huge amount. No. Because I think that's a big holdup for a lot of people is they think it has to be these huge amounts. Right. It's not, have, you don't jump into running grandmas if you're going right. to start running, right? <laughs> right? I mean, that was this weekend and I saw all sorts of people posting about that. Oh my, that yeah. scares me to think about running a marathon. Right. Yeah. But you're not jumping right into the marathon. Yeah. Right. Right. And I think, you know, even with our kids, we started off with $25. That seemed very doable. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't scary. And I'm like, okay, well, let's start here and see how it goes. Right. Mm -hmm. And then if I forgot about it or we didn't increase it, well, it was okay because I was still putting a little bit, you know, that a little bit away. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundations Birth Center. Also in studio this morning, Cassandra Brazier from Clear Step Financial and MomsTalkMoney.com. And Dr. Amy, what do we cover in our next segment? I think we're going to talk a little bit about allowances for kids. One more segment coming up here on The Mom Show. We'll be right back. It's The Mom Show here on My Talk 1071. I'm Miss Shannon. In studio today, Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundations Birth Center. We're also joined uh, by Clis- uh, Cassandra Brazier from Clear Step Financial and Moms Talk Money. And we've been covering um, basically a good blending of what happens to you based upon your financial health, brought to you courtesy of one of our favorite <laughs> like physical health <laughs> doctors, Dr. Amy from uh, Health Foundation. So what do you want to cover in this last segment, Dr. Amy? I want to hear a little bit more about allowances and mm-hmm. ways to help kids start learning about money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there are so many like, again, back to your methodology of what do you do? Do they have an allowance? A lot of us didn't. Like, I didn't necessarily have an allowance when I was a kid, but there were ways that I could earn additional money. You know, mm-hmm. my mom, go, oh, if you want that, then you have to do X, Y, and Z versus I got an allowance every week. And so mm-hmm. I can see the pros and cons in each. And, and you know, even my son in his school, they've decided they started doing little um uh, community walking trips to the little local market next to their school. And so mm. I sent a wallet with some money, you know, kind of thing. So he could practice, yeah. you know, going because you don't, you know, even when he's with me at the store, how often does he see me interact with money? He sees me put a card in and then we take things home. You know, mm-hmm. I totally get that because mm-hmm. Isla and I had a little bit of a girls night last night. Right. And we went and had a little dessert at a restaurant down from our house. And we were talking about savings. Right. And savings accounts. And Isla talked about it being credits, you know, like a credit card. Right. Is it real money, mom, or is mm. it credits? And I thought, oh, 
we need to talk about this more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And just kind of that idea of, you know, I don't carry cash around a lot that we have everything like on our phones or on a credit card that they don't really get to see that physicality of money very much anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, That I felt growing up, there was much more physical money where you'd go, you need these many quarters to get this thing from this person. Mm -hmm. And so now everything might as well, since it's just out in the void, it's just magic. He sees me show up. He doesn't uh-huh. understand that in my head, I know eventually we run out of money because he's never run out of money right. because he's never had to pay for anything. It's mm-hmm. all on this magic card. Exactly. It <laughs> <laughs> so, is true. Yeah. Let's hear about allowances. Well, so I, there's, in my opinion, there's no right or wrong, right? I think it really can vary on family to family and what makes the most sense. I think, though, if you can teach your kids that you can obtain money by doing something. So even if you give your kids an allowance, if they can have responsibilities around the house that they that they need to take care of maybe even before they get that allowance, that can be helpful for kids because then they can attach some kind of a connection between I do things and then I receive money. Right. Mm-hmm. Because then they can start to learn that they have a role and they have an active um, basically that they can help control how much money they will receive. And so if you can start teaching kids that now, so that's one part of it, right? So that they don't just assume that they're just going to be continuously given money their whole life or doing nothing. Right. So if you can teach them responsibility and work equals money, but then what do you do with it? That's right. the second part of it. So there's, there's, again, there's a lot of different um, philosophies on this, but I think having uh, some kind of way, whether it's jars, different jars or envelopes or different little bank containers or whatever it is, but that you help them to understand how to portion things out from what they receive. So if they get their allowance, maybe they put a portion into uh, a long-term savings, something that's gonna, that they're going to save for for a long period of time. Then maybe they have a spending bucket right. that they can put money in there and then maybe... Isla, maybe you go treat mom to dessert next time. (laughs) You can save and then go spend it on mom or or on dad today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then if they want, if you want them to have something for giving, right, you could have them portion that off if you wanted to. Um, And then I've seen some parents that want the kids to put a little of what everything they get for college for themselves so that they're even saving. It could be even a small portion. Right. But if you have maybe you figure out maybe it's two or three areas or however many areas and then help them to see that you divvy this up. And you don't just, you get $20 or you get $50 and you just go spend it, but that they can portion it up into different areas. I think that could be really helpful for kids as they're growing up. Um, Our kids, when they get money, it's put a little bit in their bank that they have. They put a little bit in some different envelopes right now that we use for some of it's for giving, some of it's for spending. So we've portioned some of their stuff up. Um, so that it's not right. You don't spend everything that you have um, and you start to use some of it for some good, good places and, and good habits. Cassandra, I love habits. that methodology because it is because I have some friends that are like, well, I'm not going to pay my kid for doing chores. They're supposed to be helping out in the house. I get it. I, and I agree with you. I'm like, there are some things that you just do to help make sure that mm-hmm. the family runs. I'm just, you know, trying to come up with other ways to also teach them these additional life lessons that don't come up so yeah in your head you go no you should just do this but there might also be but i'm using this as an additional lesson right like you just said and if they want 
to buy something, if there's this something that maybe would cost a little bit more and maybe you even, maybe either they're going to have to pay for it themselves or maybe they're going to have to pay for a portion of it. Mm-hmm. Um, then they can, I always encourage like even our, our uh, almost four year old, he, he wanted something and I said, well, then you can ask us, what can I do to earn some money? Right. <laughs> exactly. What additional thing could you right. help out with? How can fair. I earn some money? How mm-hmm. can I earn some more money? <laughs> yeah, I love that idea. I absolutely love that idea. And I like to hear, too, that just the different pots of money that you can have. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like that idea that you actually divvy it up versus just putting it in saving, like some saving, some spending yeah. or um, all savings or mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. I like the idea of giving and saving right. and college and that they have a little bit to spend. Yeah, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's helpful for kids. And then they can see. And I've heard, too, that sometimes people will recommend using using a, a container that they can see it building up in there. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking about with the whole, it's intangible when it's credit, right? But if it's a, if you have a few different jars that they can see how the money's growing inside of it, then they can, they can do those things. And what we, what we look at too is sometimes you can start out that way. And then when they get to a certain amount of money, um, they can put it into an investment account if they want. And then you keep building it up in the jar again, and then you can put it into their account. Or if they get money from grandma and grandpa, that's a little bit more substantial or something, then they can put it into their investment account. So, yeah, that's a great idea. I like that. It's an, another example of why having this topic uh, during this show is such a crossover because Dr. Amy, a lot of what you talk about is teaching your kids at, a, at an early age about wellness, about, you know, here's how you should eat. Here's why you start start a lot of these habits when they're younger. So they habit. just get it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they just get in the flow of it. Yep. So again, you know, health and wellness works across all these levels. So there are certain things that you're as a parent are trying to figure out how do I relay that information to my kids? And it's funny, I'm sitting here as a parent thinking, I love this idea. But now as a parent, I have got to execute it. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. We just gave everybody more work. <laughs> But it's it's absolutely that the word habit is huge. Mm-hmm. I think once you get it going and mm-hmm. you have it going for a period of time, yeah. then it's something that you just do and it becomes part of your day or your lifestyle. Yeah. And that's true with health as well. In the beginning, it's difficult to start anything new. Yeah. But then as you do it for a period of time, then it just becomes part of your life. And right. so... Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, you can start it with envelopes today. You probably have a few envelopes laying around. Or you could go and get, I know from different stores, you can get like a a little case of jars, of like canning jars. So you could get a case of those and have four or five for your kids and they could each, they could label them. They could maybe even pick one of the the things they want to put money away for. As Isla's nodding, I think she already is thinking about things she wants to put money away for. We've gotten your daughter seal of approval and all of these things. I love it. I love it. And especially seeing her light up about this information for any parents that are out there that are going, oh my gosh, this is going to be work and I'm going to get so much pushback. This is a, a way that you can help make this fun and educational right. for them. Yeah, and they can help. I'm, I can already see Isla will probably help us put it together. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't always just have to be the parents either executing mm-hmm. it. And having that as yeah. a conversation and a discussion, I think, can be helpful. Absolutely. And to set some kind of a goal yeah. for something and then have a delayed gratification instead of a lot of times today, I think we are so conditioned instant. for an yes. instant gratification. So, so I think instant. all those can be very good lessons in general. I like it that it gives me an excuse when he starts nagging me about things. I'm like, go look at your jar. Do you have enough money yet? Instead of like when you're asking me for next time he wants to go to Choo Choo Bob's, I go, do you have Choo Choo Bob's jar full yet? No, there are no Choo Choo Bob's today yet. So we can wait. 
So I think there's one last thing I just want to touch on briefly and maybe um, Cassandra can just give us kind of her elevator speech about beneficiaries because I do think it's important Mm -hmm. to have that little soundbite of information to go home with. Yep. So if you have minor kids, it's not recommended to put them as your beneficiaries for things because they cannot take control or custody of assets. So um, have someone that that would be that would basically act in their well-being in their best interest whether it's a family member or you could have it go to a trust where it spells all that out. But you want to make sure that, yeah, the kids would not be able to take control of the money if they were the ones that were on your, as your beneficiaries. So having like a guardian. Right. Then they'd have to appoint a guardian to do that on their behalf, which would still work, but it can be a little bit more of a smooth transition to have it set up where if your kids are minors, you have someone else Mm -hmm. helping with that until they get to that point. Great. Thank you, Cassandra. Thanks for having me, Amy. Yeah. We appreciate you both coming in. You can find out more information from Cassandra over at MomsTalkMoney.com. And you can always get information from Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass at Health-Foundations.com. Check us out at MyTalk1071.com. Keyword, Mom Show. The Mom Show here on My Talk 1071. I'm Miss Shannon. In studio today, Dr. Amy Johnson Grass from Health Foundations Birth Center. We're also joined uh, by Clis- uh, Cassandra Brazier from Clear Step Financial and Mom's Talk Money. And we've been covering um, basically a good blending of what happens to you based upon your financial health. Brought to you courtesy of one of our favorite, <laughs> like, physical health <laughs> doctors, Dr. Amy, from uh, Health Foundation. So what do you want to cover in this last segment, Dr. Amy? I want to hear a little bit more about allowances and mm-hmm. ways to help kids start learning about money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are so many, like, again, back to your methodology of what do you do? Do they have an allowance? A lot of us didn't. Like, I didn't necessarily have an allowance when I was a kid, but there were ways that I could earn additional money. You know, mm-hmm. my mom, go, oh, if you want that, then you have to do X, Y, and Z versus I got an allowance every week. And so mm-hmm. I can see the pros and cons in each. And, and you know, even my son in his school, they've decided they started doing little um uh, community walking trips to the little local market next to their school. And so mm. I sent a wallet with some money, you know, kind of thing. So he could practice, yeah. you know, going because you don't, you know, even when he's with me at the store, how often does he see me interact with money? He sees me put a card in and then we take things home. You know, mm-hmm. I totally get that because mm-hmm. Isla and I had a little bit of a girls night last night. Right. And we went and had a little dessert at a restaurant down from our house. And we were talking about savings. Right. And savings accounts. And Isla talked about it being credits, you know, like a credit card. Right. Is it real money, mom, or is mm. it credits? And I thought, oh, we need to talk about this right. more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. just kind of that idea of, you know, I don't carry cash around a lot, that we have everything like on our phones right. or on a credit card, that they don't really get to see that physicality of money very much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, that I felt growing up, there was much more physical money. Where you'd go, right. you need these many quarters to get yes. this thing from this person. Mm-hmm. And so now everything might as well, since it's just out in the void, it's just magic. He sees me show up. He doesn't uh-huh. understand that in my head, I know eventually we run out of money because he's never run out of money right. because he's never had to pay for anything. It's mm-hmm. all on this magic card. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, it is true. Yeah. Let's hear about allowances. Well, so I, there's 
in my opinion, there's no right or wrong, right? I think it really can vary on family to family and what makes the most sense. I think, though, if you can teach your kids that you can obtain money by doing something. So even if you give your kids an allowance, if they can have responsibilities around the house that they're that they need to take care of, maybe even before they get that allowance, that can be helpful for kids because then they can attach some kind of a connection between I do things and then I receive money. Right. Mm-hmm. Because then they can start to learn that they have a role and they have an active Um, basically that they can help control how much money they will receive. And so if you can start teaching kids that now, so that's one part of it, right? So that they don't just assume that they're just going to be continuously given money their whole life or doing nothing. Right. So if you can teach them responsibility and work equals money, but then what do you do with it? That's the second part of it. So there's, there's, again, there's a lot of different um, philosophies on this, but I think having uh, some kind of way, whether it's jars, different jars or envelopes or different little bank containers or whatever it is, but that you help them to understand how to portion things out from what they receive. So if they get their allowance, maybe they put a portion into uh, a long-term savings, something that's gonna, that they're going to save for for a long period of time. Then maybe they have a spending bucket right. that they can put money in there and then maybe Isla, maybe you go treat mom to dessert next time. <laughs> you can save and then go spend it on mom or, or on dad today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then if they want, if you want them to have something for giving, right, you could have them portion that off if you wanted to. Um, and then I've seen some parents that want the kids to put a little of what everything they get for college for themselves so that they're even saving. It could be even a small portion. Right. But if you have, maybe you figure out, maybe it's two or three areas or however many areas and then help them to see that you divvy this up and you don't just, you get $20 or you get $50 and you just go spend it, but that they can portion it up into different areas. I think that could be really helpful for kids as they're growing up. Um, our kids, when they get money, it's put a little bit in their bank that they have. They put a little bit in some different envelopes right now that we use for some of it's for giving, some of it's for spending. Some, so we've portioned some of their stuff up. Um, so that it's not right. You don't spend everything that you have um, and you start to use some of it for some good, good places and, and good habits. Cassandra, I love that methodology because that is because I have some friends that are like, well, I'm not going to pay my kid for doing chores. They're supposed to be helping out in the house. I get it. I, and I agree with you. I'm like, there are some things that you just do to help make sure that mm-hmm. the family runs. I'm just, you know, trying to come up with other ways to also teach them these additional life lessons that don't come up. So yeah, in your head you go, no, you should just do this, but there might also be, but I'm using this as an additional lesson. Right. Like you just said. And if they want to buy something, if there's this something that maybe would cost a little bit more and maybe you even, maybe either they're going to have to pay for it themselves or maybe they're going to have to pay for a portion of it. Mm -hmm. um, Then they can, I always encourage like even our, our uh, almost four year old, he, he wanted something. And I said, well, then you can ask us, what can I do to earn some money? Right. <laughs> exactly. What additional thing could you right. help out with? How That's can fair. I earn some money? Mm-hmm. How can I earn some more money? <laughs> yeah, I love that idea. I absolutely love that idea. And I like to hear, too, that just the different pots of money that you can have. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like that idea that you actually divvy it up versus just putting it in saving, like some savings, some spending yeah. or um, all savings or mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. I like the idea of giving and saving right. and college and that they have a little bit to spend. Yeah, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's helpful for kids. And then they can see. And I've heard, too, that sometimes people will recommend using 
using a, a container that they can see it building up in there. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking about with the whole, it's intangible when it's credit, right? But if it's a, if you have a few different jars that they can see how the money's growing inside of it, then they can, they can do those things. And what we, what we look at too is sometimes you can start out that way. And then when they get to a certain amount of money, um, they can put it into an investment account if they want. And then you keep building it up in the jar again. And then you can put it into their account. Or if they get money from grandma and grandpa that's a little bit more substantial or something, then they can put it into their investment account. So, yeah, that's a great idea. I like that it's an, another example of why having this topic uh, during this show is such a crossover. Because, Dr. Amy, a lot of what you talk about is teaching your kids at, a, at an early age about wellness, about, you know, here's how you should eat. Here's why you start start a lot of these habits when they're younger. So they just get it. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. they just get in the flow of it. So again, you know, health and wellness works across all these levels. So there are certain things that you're as a parent are trying to figure out, how do I relay that information to my kids? And it's funny, I'm sitting here as a parent thinking, I love this idea. But now as a parent, I have got to execute it. Right. Exactly. (laughs) We just gave everybody more work. But it's it's absolutely that the word habit is huge. Mm-hmm. I think once you get it going and mm-hmm. you have it going for a period of time, yeah. then it's something that you just do and it becomes part of your day or your lifestyle. Yeah. And that's true with health as well. In the beginning, it's difficult to start anything new. Yeah. But then as you do it for a period of time, then it just becomes part of your life. And right. so, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, you can start it with envelopes today. You probably have a few envelopes laying around. Oh, or absolutely. you could go and get, I know from different stores, you can get like a, a little case of jars, of like canning jars. So yep. you could get a case of those and have four or five for your kids and they could each, they could label them. They could maybe even pick one of the, the things they want to put money away for. <laughs> As Isla's nodding, I think she already is thinking about things she wants to put money away for. We've gotten your daughter's seal of approval and all of these things. I love it. I love it. And especially seeing her light up about this information for any parents that are out there that are going, oh my gosh, this is going to be work and I'm going to get so much pushback. You, this is a, a way that you can help make this fun and educational right. for them. Yeah, and they can help. I'm, I can already see Isla will probably help us put it together. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't always just have to be the parents either executing mm-hmm. it. And having that as yeah. a conversation and a discussion, I think, can be helpful. Absolutely. And to set some kind of a goal yeah. for something and then have a delayed gratification instead of a lot of times today, I think we are so conditioned instant. for an yeah. instant gratification. So, so I think instant. all those can be very good lessons in general. I like it that it gives me an excuse when he starts nagging me about things. I'm like, go look at your jar. Do you have enough money yet? Mm-hmm. Instead of like when you're asking me for next time he wants to go to Choo Choo Bob's, I go, do you have Choo Choo Bob's jar full yet? No, there are no Choo Choo Bob's today yet. So we go. can wait. Yeah. So I think there's one last thing I just want to touch on briefly and maybe um, Cassandra can just give us kind of her elevator speech about beneficiaries because oh, I do yes. think it's important mm-hmm. to have that little soundbite of information to go yeah. home with. Yep. So if you have minor kids, it's not recommended to put them as your beneficiaries for things because they cannot take control or custody of assets. So um, have someone that that would be that would basically act in their well-being in their best interest whether it's a family member or you could have it go to a trust where it spells all that out. But you want to make sure that, yeah, the kids would not be able to take control of the money if they were the ones that were on your, as your beneficiaries. So having like a guardian. Right. Then they'd have to appoint a guardian to do that on their behalf, which would still work, but it can be a little bit more of a smooth transition to have it set up where if your kids are minors, you have someone else Mm -hmm. helping with that until they get to that point. 
Great. Thank you, Cassandra. Thanks for having me, Amy. Yeah. We appreciate you both coming in. You can find out more information from Cassandra over at MomsTalkMoney.com. And you can always get information from Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass at Health-Foundations.com. Check us out at MyTalk1071.com. Keyword, Mom Show.